This is HSBC Global Viewpoint, your window into the thinking, trends and issues shaping global banking and markets. Join us as we hear from industry leaders and HSBC experts on the latest insights and opportunities for your business. A heads up to our listeners that this episode is being recorded remotely, therefore the sound quality may vary. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the latest in our DigiTalks podcast series. We are featuring a variety of different topics and market developments that are currently trending in the digital world, including crypto asset legislation and now stablecoins. Introducing the topic is HSBC Security Services Senior Product Manager for Global Trustee and Fiduciary Services, Vary Sandman. Vary, over to you. Thank you, Gabriella. Today, we're going to discuss the opportunities and challenges of stablecoins and the importance for financial services to understand and prepare for the emerging regulatory perimeter around these. Joining me to discuss this further, I'm delighted to welcome my colleague, James Pomeroy, Global Economist at HSBC's Global Research. James, could you please give a background as to what stablecoins are and why we need them? Of course, Barry. So a lot of people have heard of cryptocurrencies, um, particularly Bitcoin, um, but stablecoins are much less well known. Um, And essentially, whilst a lot of cryptocurrencies have got different use cases, um, those that are aiming to be a means of payment are really struggling to gain traction because they're not very good as a widespread means of payment. So transaction costs are high, not many transactions can be processed quickly. And importantly, the prices of these coins are very volatile. So if you've got something that moves by five to 10% on a daily basis, and that's not uncommon for these things, businesses are reluctant to accept them and consumers are pretty reluctant um, to use them. So stablecoins solve that issue um, that you can use fast blockchain networks where the price is relatively stable um, to a given fiat currency. That's usually um, US dollars. They're backed by assets, which are typically cash or bonds in that currency. So the design of a stablecoin would mean that it's pegged to the dollar in or the pound or whichever currency you want to use in the same way as another fiat currency. It's essentially a separate blockchain entity. You pay in your fiat currency and guarantee the same amount out. So there's clearly demand around the world for crypto assets and cryptocurrencies. And the point of a stablecoin is to have a cryptocurrency that can be used as a means of payment and a store of value but in addition is lower risk and more stable than standard cryptocurrencies. So because those cryptocurrencies are notoriously volatile and high risk, these stablecoin transactions are completed within that same infrastructure for better speed and security. So for banks, stablecoins being developed to work with interbank transactions that would be frictionless, and they could become very popular in the coming years. Thank you, James. I would like to share my observations on regulatory developments, but James, could you help me set the scene with what you see as the risks to adoption? So while cryptocurrencies have a volatility issue, the challenge for stablecoins is credit risk. So you're essentially trusting that the issuer has the assets to back it up which may not be regulated as tightly as they should be. And that's fine for very small transactions. So the best use of stable coins at the moment is for remittances, but it's a very different beast when you're thinking about a means of payment for multi-millions going across borders. So stable coins are a form of private money. It needs to be regulated. Current commercial bank money is privately created and widely used, but commercial bank money is anchored by central bank money and closely regulated. It reflects a systemic importance. That isn't the case with stablecoins today. And therefore, ensuring that stablecoins are exactly that stable uh, is key. 
And it may be in part due to regulations tightening up, but it could depend on who issues them. So one of the biggest stable coins today is USDC, issued by a company called Circle, who aren't widely known. But if we get something like DM, which many people will have heard of, a thing called Libra, and which is backed by Facebook or Meta, as they've now rebranded to, that's a very different story. So public trust in those stable coins could be much, much higher. And that's why the market is so interesting. We have a means of payment here that is genuinely excellent. It's fast and it's efficient, but it's essentially trust that stops the adoption today. So if that changes in the coming years with a combination of regulations and new issuers, we could see stablecoin usage boom. But equally, it might not be enough. And they may just stay as being niche use cases within the economy. Of course, that all changes if your issuer is the central bank, which is essentially what a central bank digital currency is. Yes, I think regulators are well aware of these matters and are, for example, considering requirements around investment, auditing, reporting of reserves and market stability risks. Introducing regulation can be challenging due to the significant variation in features between different stablecoins and the global nature of the products. There is also a need for cooperation between the stablecoin industry and regulators to develop a robust framework but still allows for innovation and development. Regulators have been developing their responses to stablecoins and approaches differ from bringing them into existing regulatory frameworks, proposing a new regime for stablecoins, or even considering an outright ban. The EU has drafted MICA, the Markets in Crypto Assets Regulation, which is expected to impose some strong controls on capital requirements, governance and transparency, and on stablecoin issuers. Regulatory approval is likely to be needed for trading of stablecoins within the EU. The UK issued a consultation on the regulatory approach to crypto assets and stablecoins in January 2021, Current proposals include the regulation of stablecoins used as a means of payment and their classification to address the lack of regulatory clarity. In the US, the report on stablecoins issued in November 21 by the President's Working Group on Financial Markets has called for action to address the prudential risks involved and to develop a regulatory framework around issuers and oversight. In Hong Kong, stablecoins will be captured as part of the proposed licensing of virtual asset service providers contained in the consultation of late 2020. Now, James, we have covered what stablecoins are, the risks involved and the regulatory driver. You said earlier that the risks involved would change if the, issue, if the issuer was a central bank, i.e. it was a central bank digital currency. Could you expand a bit more, please, on what governments are trying to achieve here with CBDCs? Yes, of course. So a central bank digital currency could be issued for a number of reasons. So it could be the decline in cash usage, which is what's happening in Sweden, and wanting to minimise financial stability risks, which is part of uh, the People's Bank of China's reasoning. Um, or you might want to increase financial inclusion, um, which has been key in much of the emerging world. But however you get there, the end result is, quite frankly, the best form of payment you could have. So effectively, you have a means of payment that is costless and instantaneous, and that's very exciting. So you'd have no payment charges in the whole economy. Be a huge productivity gain could lift growth and pull millions of people into digital payments. 
but we're some way off central bank digital currencies in the world because there's a huge number of questions that need to be answered by central banks as they build them, particularly in the developed world. And we could talk for hours about those issues. But in the interim, there may be a key role for stablecoins. So policymakers are going to have to be paying even more attention to them in the coming years. James, thank you so much for joining me today to discuss the topic of stablecoins and all your interesting insights. Certainly one to be watching as developments and the regulatory response unfold. As always, if clients have questions, please do follow up with your client services manager. Gabriella, back to you, thanks. Uh, thanks so much, James and Vary. Um, I learned a lot this time. Um, I think did it, any types of crypto assets or cryptocurrencies is always an interesting topic to speak about. Um, I would like to thank everyone for listening to this edition in our DigiTalks podcast series. We hope that you enjoyed learning about stablecoins today. Stay tuned for more from our podcast and also check out HSBC's Global Viewpoint on Apple and Spotify as we explore more trends in the coming weeks. Thank you so much and goodbye. Thank you for listening today. This has been HSBC Global Viewpoint Banking and Markets. For more information about anything you've heard in this podcast or to learn about HSBC's global services and offerings, please visit gbm.hsbc.com.